Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Rich Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody, episode 205. I'm your host, Rich Shields, I'm here with co-host, Guy. That's the voice of a man who is uh, in a situation. I'm questioning a few choices of my life this weekend. Yes. I'm in, I'm in a dark place at the moment. So first off, <sighs> thank you genuinely from the bottom of our hearts, everybody that came to the live podcast on Friday at the Marriott Worsley Park. 250 of your beautiful faces attended. Was there? Or was there? No, they're all beautiful. Mm. (laughs) There was actually a few, um, should we say wrong-uns, maybe? Rogue entries. Well, just to put some background on this, we had a a nice-sized room at Marriott Worsley Park, but it wasn't ginormous, and they said it could fit 275 people. Okay. So we then said, well, tell you what, let's do 250 tickets because inevitably I might have a couple of family members come, which did happen. VIPs. As you may, or some people that work with us or whatever. So in reality, let's do 250. Thankfully, and, and again, thank you very much, everyone watching, listening. We sold them out in a heartbeat. Yes. Delayed <laughs> click. As you get with any gig or event, last minute, people were sometimes on the group saying, oh, look, I've got four tickets or I've got three tickets. One of my mates can't come. I'm trying to sell it, blah, blah, blah. So I was expecting that. But they're a little bit worried thinking, well, actually, we've sold the 250. If we have 10 or so tickets that people can't get rid of or whatever, that's going to only be 240. Mm, not ideal. We then get to the room. The amazing staff at the Marriott Worsley Park turned around and said, oh, we've put a... 300 chairs out. So I'm now thinking, wait a minute. Uh-oh. We've only got 250 tickets. We've not probably got 10 or so people coming. That's 240. Yeah, we've got a few family members coming. Let's be conservative. Let's say you have got the 250. It's going to be 50 empty seats, Rick. What are we going to do? We're going to let losers. We're going to get <laughs> eggs pelted at us and tomatoes, rotten tomatoes. So How we... many seats were free? Zero. Zilch. Nada. They were queuing up out the door. Um, so, yeah, a few sneaky people joined. But you, you know what? It's all part of the fun. And it was a fun evening. It really was. It was um, so it was amazing getting to actually perform live shows. That's our third live show now on the podcast. First one at Lowry. 
second one down in London, third one here in Manchester again. And just to be able to kind of chat to fans, followers who enjoy the podcast, enjoy the channels, um, it's always really eye-opening. And, th- and the amount of distance people travel to get to those shows. Sweden. There was a couple from Sweden, which was amazing. Scotland. Amazing Stoke. All, yeah, all the way from every corner of the UK, plus a few that actually flew in from Europe. So really appreciate it. It was a great evening. Um, it was, what was funny about the show, it see, it did actually seem to go very seamlessly, even though we didn't have a great plan. Mm. Or you didn't tell me the plan. It was, it was <laughs> seamless. But if you would like me to um, inflate your ego a little bit more, my, mine got inflated a little bit on Friday because, um, you don't know if you heard this as well, a number of people post show came up to me sometimes with the, with the partner with the wife sometimes the partner wife wasn't there but said my wife hates golf youtube she hates me watching it however she really doesn't mind me watching you and rick and certainly one guy said even to the extent when we get in the car my wife who doesn't like golf at all actually asks if you've got a new podcast of, of, of rick shields to put on because <laughs> she actually quite enjoys it so I don't want to say that we well, are this one's housewives, for you, baby. <laughs> Let's get it on. I don't want to say that we're housewives' favorites. We're up there. But I also want to do say we're definitely, you know, housewives' favorites for two or three people. <laughs> uh, no, but it was really good, awesome show. Again, thanks for everyone that turned up. Um, there was, um, I said on last week's podcast something that I didn't stick to. You saying something I'm going to stick to? That's not on you. <laughs> Me. Um, I was really at the moment. I've had a, I've had an interesting year, and um, um, one of the facts is being, um, I don't think it's any secret that I do quite like a beverage. Mm-hmm. Okay, but recently that's been going a little bit crazy. Ryder Cup, other factors, etc. So I'm not going to drink at the live podcast. I am not going to drink. Mm. Yes, I think it lasted 15 minutes. Well, I got the, the, bear in mind, say if the podcast started at seven o'clock, I got there at 4.30, you already had a pint in your hand, so it didn't even last 15 minutes, it was minus two and a half hours. Um, yes, we had a, we ran a focus group uh, for 25 select uh, fans and followers and appreciate those guys for taking the time and to do um, the focus group, it's about um, projects that are happening in the future we wanted to get your insight and it was fascinating and as a little thank you I wanted to meet every one of them and buy them a beer so we went into the bar and I bought everyone a beer and it was like you ordered one too many it just like happened to Mm. end up in my hand and then the problem is when you buy 25 people a beer you kind of get 25 beers back what what a problem it was a real issue at least though at least the podcast was seven till nine o'clock we had an hour or so afterwards getting pictures of people meeting people asking some answering some more questions and stuff it was great at least then you had a half past tenish um drive home oh, well, well obviously not a drive home sorry hotel home you're gonna drive home you got a last minute hotel room so at least you were tucked up in bed in the hotel at Marriott Worthy Park for 11 o'clock a.m the next day <laughs> Um, yeah, it, I ended up going out with a few fans. We went out <laughs> into Manchester. Anyway, listen, it's one of those things. Um, at least the nightclub shut three o'clock in Manchester. Yeah, don't they? Mm, some places don't. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> were you Ricky? Were you? Oh, it, listen, I was Ricky at four thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, bang out of order to be honest. I, I've, I feel like you've got to get this off this your chest. This weekend really, like... really questioned my um, willpower relationship with myself and alcohol. Really? Mm. In what capacity? 
not proud of myself. So I think I'm going to knock it on the head. Because, well, you said before to me off the podcast, you feel like once you go out, it's like right out, out, out. Yeah, that's an issue. You are quite all or nothing. A lot of people, I am that in some ways. Yeah. With things. I used to be able to, I just think this year it's been heavy, too heavy. And it's, you know what, in a weird, it's not good drink, is it? No. Like it's, it is, it does put you in a different state of mind. And even like the next day, you don't feel great. And yeah, but you know why a lot of this is, is because a lot of your life now, let's be honest, isn't normal. So for example, if you were somebody that was coming to the live podcast as a fan, right? And you said, look, I'm not drinking. I'm going to be the designated driver, which was your plan as the, the host of the night. But let's just say you came and you came from Derby and you drove to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. I'm not going to drink. I'm going to have a pint of Coke. That person, therefore, can't drink, has to drive home. You were at the Marriott Worthy Park and went, hmm, I wonder if there's any hotel rooms free. Straight away, the general manager said, yeah, yeah, we'll give you a room. Done. So I it's think, not like... The, I, I think, think the other issue as well, like, I think it was... I think certainly not every single 300 people that were there wanted to see that side. But we don't normally show that. Mm. Like, I don't show it on videos, bar the... Bob the Sports. <laughs> Bob the Sports Guinness <laughs> Challenge. Um, but... You know, there's, there's, you don't really get to see that side of things. And I think, you know, people who travel a long way, they might want to grab a quick beer with me. And they want to, I think a lot of people, again, I'm using this as an excuse, but it, it's still my own willpower. Like they wanted to buy me a pint. Yeah. It was like, oh, I bought Rick a pint. And, you know, at, at the halfway interval, we came back to the stage. There was three pints and four shots on my table. And then someone had a gun to your head and went, <laughs> you know, I'll anyway. do next look. Next, if we ever do a, like, another live show, which let's be honest, we probably will do. They are good fun. I'm going to have a rule where if people want to buy me a drink, I won't accept it. However, I'd happily have three pounds in change. <laughs> so if there's a hundred people and they all say, God, I would love to buy you a beer. Don't bother buying it me, but give me three pounds, which in this day and age is a cheap pint. Very cheap. I, will I think you can go 450. Four, I'll cut it a fiver for us. Go up, fiver. <laughs> I've now made 500 quid. Yeah. Or 1500 quid if there's 300 Yeah, that's perfect, in fact. Done. Okay, well. Anyway, um, either way, it was class, class, it class. Was, Thanks was, very was. much for coming. Um, we didn't record it. So we said we wasn't going to do because, you know, it was a bit more of an intimate gig. And I think sometimes when it. A gig. <laughs> I'm talking like everybody. Sells up the Marriott Worthy Park. Oasis. <laughs> next Glastonbury. It was weird at the end when you like throwing TVs at your bedroom window. <laughs> that did go a bit too far. The. Um, the yeah, I'm kind of worried I might have done that. The <laughs> the fact that um, what was going to say on this. Oh yeah, we want it to be intimate. Sometimes when it's a live show like that, if we were to record it or record the audio, it's far too much like fan interaction. It was more like a live show as yes. opposed to a live podcast. Absolutely. Um, so unfortunately, we didn't record it. Um, there was a bit of effing and jeffing as well, which we're not the. You know, normally do. Uh, there was some prizes. Some we gave away a lot of things. Actually, we went um, a little bit overboard. <laughs> we gave you gave away, away a few fifty-pound notes, which is very on brand. We gave away loads of loads and loads of things, which was great. A little Harry, young lad at the end, um, who was with his father, and uh, you know, he, he was a kind of young teenager. He he sweeped a lot at the end. Yeah, he did. He did very well. But yeah, thanks very much. It was absolutely awesome. Well, um, yeah, that was great. But the, the one of the main topics for today's podcast, and we've somewhat missed the boat on this because I think it was announced last week, probably after we recorded our podcast. But I wanted to touch on it so much, and it might even be the title of this podcast. I'm sure it is is the fact that Live Golf have officially been told now by the official World Golf Ranking 
that they will, in its current form, not be eligible for any world ranking points. Ouch. And it's come out as not really a massive shock to most people, but it's now absolutely definitive that that is the case. And just to kind of those people listening, watching, who might not be up to speed with it, I'm sure a lot of people are, but the official world golf ranking body is the body that, that obviously gives out the kind of world ranking points. It's always a bit confusing as how it works. But ultimately, that is what gets people into the majors. It's what gets people um, these massive lucrative endorsement deals. You know, if you're a top 50 golfer in the world, you get into all the majors, you suddenly become so much more valuable and Titleist and Callaway and Ping extra will, will give you more money, typically, the higher you are in the world, obviously. It might even be in your contract where if you're in the top 30, you get X amount and top 10, you get X amount. And it's a huge, huge, huge deal. And there's only a handful, well, maybe a bit more than a handful, a couple of handful of golfers who've been world number one in the world. And somebody like a Luke Donald that has done that, it's often, and, and Lee Westwood, to some degree, deemed as much of an achievement, if not more so, as winning a major. You could argue. Career, you could, really. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm, I'm sure you could ask Lee Westwood the question, Mike Dunn, I can't remember if we did, would he swap his world number one ranking for a major? Maybe he would say yeah, maybe he would say no. Um, but I think the fact that Luke Donald was world number one, for me, is more of a standout factor that if he wasn't, he'd won the USPGA once, for example. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah, no, I'd agree. Um, so the reason, there's a long, long letter that got written to Live Golf um, from Peter Dawson, who is is the chairman, I believe, of the official world golf rankings. And there's a number of reasons as to why they won't be getting world ranking points. But before I come on to that, I want to say now, I, and this is no secret to people, I'm not a huge fan of Liv at all. And I didn't watch any of it over the weekend. I think the season's now finished. I've had very little to no interest in it. And I think it's pretty average at best as a, as a tournament, as a brand, as a franchise. I'm not that into it. However, I do believe that the official world golf ranking, not incorporating some level of points for the people that play on Liv, is actually making a mockery of the world rankings, and I now believe they are pretty much obsolete. Wow. Some so, bold statements there. Yeah, so allow me to explain a little bit more. And then I want to hear, obviously, your take on it as well. Um, so the number of reasons why uh, the world official, official World Golf Ranking Board have said that Live Golf isn't eligible is, firstly, the size of the field. There's only 48 players per event, whereas like 140 or whatever there might be, or 150 or whatever it is in a normal... Yeah, 100, well, the, it 100? the Shriners... Uh, children's open which had we uh, straight after this topic we are coming straight on to because we need to talk about lexi thompson's yes. performance there there was 133 players i believe so there's, there's clearly a, a difference there isn't that that's easy to say four times more almost four times more yeah. golfers yeah the second um reason is the number of holes played so obviously everybody knows that a pj tour or dp world tour whatever a normal golf event is 72 holes Liv is obviously famously 54 holes there's also no cut in live golf, if you're a live golf player, you're playing all that 54 holes, obviously on the PJ Tour, DP World Tour, etc. There's cuts after 36 holes. Uh, the other reason as well is that 14 players from um, the makeup of the live team were, sorry, live roster, were absolutely 100% guaranteed to play the 2024 season, no matter what happened. So I suppose... That, again, they, they, they could argue not fair, that there's no way for them getting relegated. Those guys who will be, obviously, your Brooks, your Brysons, etc., are guaranteed for next year. Um, there's also a limited amount of people that can get promoted to live. I think there's only four spaces of promotion 
Uh, whereas obviously think about the, the PJ Tour and getting a PJ Tour card, there's many, many more people, albeit at different levels and different rankings. And then finally, that well, there's many reasons, but the last reason I've got here was that it, they can't award them because the team competition sits alongside an individual competition at the same tournament. So those few factors are where the official world golf ranking have got have made the decision whether um, you think that's fair or not. I think some of those can be looked over. Like mm-hmm. the last one, for example, a team event and an individual event can't be running. I don't see how that affects the world mm-hmm. ranking personally. I think where a few of them do hold some more validity is this idea that there's no miscut. Yeah. Um, because, you know, let's say for argument's sake, on a normal PGA Tour event, if you miss the cut, well then your world ranking points aren't going to be very good that mm-hmm. week event. You, I don't even know if you you move up or I'm guessing you only move down. Where if there's no cut, there's a, there's a high chance you're going to be moving up in the world rankings to some degree. Mm. Like it, it, You've only got 48 players to play against. I feel like even if you came kind of mid, middle half of that, there's still chances you probably might even go up in the world ranking points. Mm, I think so for me... Um, the reason that I, I think it's so flawed is because there's a new, I think it's a new system, I don't know, it might have been around for years, but there's something called datagolf.com, which is quite a bizarre looking website. It's very almost, well, it's full of stats. It's quite almost complex to look at. It's not the prettiest website, but essentially they do lots and lots of different things. And it's updated every week. So it's not been updated normally for this week, but I've still got some good data to hand. And on the top, it says the data golf rankings are a ranking of the best golfers in the world according to our model. They are determined by averaging the field strength, adjusted scores of each golfer across professional and amateur tournaments with more recent rounds receiving more weight. Okay. So they have their list on data golf, their rankings. And next to that, they also have the official world golf rankings. So you can see where a player ranks on their list versus where it is on the official world golf ranking. And even in some areas, there's some change. So, for example, Data Golf have got Rory as, as number one, whereas it's actually number two on the official world ranking. And I would actually say at the moment, Rory, in my mind, is the best golfer on the planet right now. Yeah, who is actually officially one? Scott Scheffler. Yeah, correct. He's number three on this. And on the official world golf ranking, Victor Hovland is world number four. On this, this is world number two. Again, which I would agree with. I'd I'd almost argue that Victor might be number one. Potentially. But then what it really, and I I appreciate I might be going around this and around the houses, but I'm trying to get to my point really, which I will do in a second. When you look at a handful of players, and bear in mind this hasn't been updated for this week as well, I'm going to read some players to you now on where the data golf ranking is versus their official world golf ranking. And you tell me, Rick, which you think is more genuine. Taylor Gooch. Okay. His world golf ranking, 187. <laughs> That's mouse off. His data golf ranking, 35. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd even argue slightly higher than that. Bryson DeChambeau. Official world golf ranking, 132. Data golf ranking, 25. Yeah, again, I'd argue higher. Brooks? Um, he's actually doing okay, I think, because of the fact he won a major. Let me just find him up. He's the one I didn't have. Uh, Cam Smith? Uh, bear with me. He's not too bad either. Let me find Brooks. The last one I wanted to come on to, then, I'll come on to the other ones, was Dustin Johnson. Official world ranking, 121. Data golf, 39. Yeah, and 
So Brooks Kepka is actually, bizarrely, his official world golf ranking is higher. He's 18 on data golf, he's 47 because his actual season really after I think the um, US, was it the US Open he yeah. won? Kind of went down a little bit. So it's much more the data rankings is firstly, it's much more about recent form. Was it USPJ? I can't remember. US Open, I think. Um, it uh, doesn't matter. It's much more about recent form. And also, it is utilising some weighting from live golf events now. I'm not for one second saying that live golf players deserve to get super, super high levels of world ranking points for their performance, because rightly so, there's only 48 players, some of who are not very good, some of who are very good. It's only three days, it's all these other things. But to not have any inclusion, you can't honestly tell me now that you look at that official world golf ranking and you see Taylor Gooch at 187, and that is correct. Can't it's be not. So I, again, back to my original point, I'm not a fan of live golf. I think the players that jump ship to join live golf for the bucket loads of cash deserve everything that came their way negatively in a sense of you can't then moan if you're not on the Ryder Cup teams, although obviously Brooks made it. But if you're a European and you left to go and, like, let's say, Ian Poulter, can't really moan that he's not going to be in the in the Ryder Cup setup or as a captain or something or Henrik Stenson who lost his captaincy because you knew that was realistic when you jump ship to live. So all those things, fur dues, you got a big bucket load of cash, brilliant, but you lost out on other things. That's the a risk or that's a decision they made themselves. But you can't really say it's fur. Um well, not even fair. You can't say you've got a legitimate organisation ranking the best golfers in the world if you decide not to incorporate some competitions. And lastly, I'll go on to, and this is still quite a big difference, Sam Horsfield, friend of the channel, his official world golf ranking, 377. His data golf is 193. So I think that's much more reflective, again, that he's within the top 200 players in the world rather than Sam Horsfield being 377. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite right, is it? I don't what believe can be, so. What can be fixed, though? What can actually be changed? Well, can't like... they somehow almost copy this model? Like, incorporate live. Don't give them anywhere near as many. But winning a PJ Tour event is, in my opinion, and I think factually, so much more of an accomplishment. Certainly a, a proper field, big event. You know, if you win at Sawgrass, that's so much more of a difficult thing to do than win a live event. The field's deeper, it's better, there's more players, there's more holes. But you still should get some points. What One thing I have, yeah. One thing I have seen quite a bit more from from live this year is repeat winners mm-hmm. it's like taylor gooch has he won two or three, three events i think now bryson dechambeau uh, no, but not bryson's oh, bryson's obviously won yeah um i actually get live winners this year live winners 2023 i feel like there's been more repeat winners this year um let me just find. I want to show you another one that's not actually a live guy to see if this actually comes up. To see if this is again. I don't think many people understand how the actual world rankings do work, and, and I, for one, definitely don't. But let me just find this example. Um, so, what the heck? That's weird. Just a quick one while you're doing that. I have found out a little bit of a stat from this year for Liv. <laughs> Investigate journalism here. Um, Brooke Ka- Brooks Kepka mm-hmm. has won um, two events this year. Yeah. Taylor Gooch has won three events. Cam Smith has won two events. Bryson Shambo has won two events. There's, there's not many names yeah. at the top of the winning. Like it's just, it seems to be very, very, very similar names. Outliers in that, Charles Howell the third, Danny Lee, and also um 
how Havana are kind of outliers in that. But pretty much everybody else is a repeat winner this year. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. So it, it makes you start to look at, at that list. And you've got to really say, that that isn't an accurate representation. Surely it's not. Um, I put a tweet out last night trying to just really get a little bit of insight into people's opinions and thoughts and I put it was quite provocative and quite clickbait but I've just put a tweet in live golf should get world ranking points um and a lot of people certainly on Twitter did not agree with me there was lots of people saying that no they absolutely don't um you know uh, someone here's put if a football league came along and played 60 minute matches in a 10 team league should the top three qualify for the Champions League now, again, it's quite a different argument, but if you, let's just say, hypothetically... It's quite a good point. No, it, all right then, but let's just say, again, I'm going to be a bit silly with this now, there is a player who um, joins Liv, and it's Sam Horsfield, right? And he's, whatever his world ranking is, 377. And Sam Horsfield suddenly starts winning every Liv event, shooting 59 in every single round of every single tournament at par 72 courses. Again, it's never going to happen. Do we honestly say that he is the 377th best player in the world? No. It's not the case, is it? Now, that's ridiculous to the extreme level. But it doesn't make sense. There should be some level of a weight of award to, to make that list genuine. Because I don't think anybody listening to this podcast can truly, truly say, hand on heart, that Taylor Gooch is the 187th best player in the world. You can't. You can't say that and believe it. No. Same with Bryson, 132, and same with DJ, 121. No matter what your thoughts are on Liv, and again, I'll put my hands up, I'm not a fan of Liv at all, but you can't agree with that. Do people accuse you of being a mega fan because you put that tweet out yes. last night? Yeah, yeah, which obviously I'm not. People <laughs> listen, who listen to the podcast a lot No, I'm not, but it was just a bit of a topic on it. I'm just keen, obviously, to hear you know your overriding take on it. Like, Do you think there should be some level of award or, or not? I, I, yeah, I do. I just don't know. Uh, personally, like I say, by the statistics website you've pulled up there before, um, there's got to be a way of, of being able to do it, but it has to it has to reflect the competition differences mm-hmm. um, because they are very, very different. That's my take. No, I, I agree, but I just think um, it was food for thought. I'm very, very keen... Obviously, and I'm sure we will get people comments on the YouTube video to, to write your comments below. Are you in favor of Liv? Get- As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. World ranking points. It shouldn't get world ranking points. And again, if you're watching, sorry, if you're listening to the podcast, email us. It's podcast at rickshields.com. Going back to one final point. How much do you think the players actually care? Is it really just to get in, into um, majors? Um, oh, I, I would imagine, because I'm sure I'm right in saying that Taylor Gooch is not exempt for any of the majors next year. So he's, and, and, and again, to that degree, you could maybe argue, well, he joined Live Golf. And at the time, he would have known there was a strong chance they wouldn't be eligible for world ranking points. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you did. You'd like to think he had an educated guess that he wouldn't. He w- he's earned a bucket load of cash. He's making a bucket load of cash. To some degree, you've made your bed and lay in it. Again, you're not going to be in the Ryder Cup team, probably, etc., etc. So, has he got a right to be annoyed? Maybe maybe not, potentially. And and should he be allowed to play in the majors? I think he should. He's one of the best players in the field. But for me, it's not. I'm not saying my argument more about the emotions of these guys and should they be allowed or the rights and the wrongs. It's more having a list. If you've got an official world golf ranking list and you've got Bryson DeChambeau at 132 and DJ at 121, that's just not reflective. It's not accurate. Regardless of whether you think it it's, lives good, bad or indifferent for the game, it's not an accurate list. Yep. The other list, I think, feels much more accurate. Yeah. In to other news, Shriners Children's Open in Las Vegas, PJ Tour event. Mm. Tom Kim took the win, 20 on the par. Um, you know, it's mad because it feels like he's been around for ages, but you're saying he's quite young, isn't he? 21 years old. He's back-to-back wins as well. It's ridiculous. I what? think he's won three times on the PJ Tour at 21. What a player. I mm. feel like last year's Open, when he kind of hobbled around that final round and still managed to compete, um, just it really put me in a different status of, of kind of just excellent really for me but other big story which is all over social media rightly so was lexi thompson lpga tour player played in the shriners event she was the only the seventh lady in history to play in a pj tour event she ended up shooting uh well i've lost the scores now she ended up shooting was it three over she shot total? three over total missed the cut by three um 
the cut was sorry, she shot the level, the cut was three under, so she she missed out yes, by three, right. should I say. Um and it definitely I mean, I don't watch a great deal of PJ Tour. I'll sometimes dip in and out depending on what the event is. Certainly this kind of like this off season stuff I would never normally kind of tune into if I'm being perfectly honest. But I definitely watched quite a bit of it to see how she performed. Uh, obviously she was off the same tees as the men, clearly, and she was hitting the golf ball probably as far as we hit it. Ball speed oh, was at 158 miles an hour. On those fairways, it was bouncing out to a got a long way, and and you know she definitely didn't embarrass herself at all. And to miss out by three was a pretty decent performance. I know, and I think what's mad with it as well. Like I was watching the first round, like really the only thing that kind of let her down, she just missed a few shortish putts. Like the length off the tee, she definitely had. She didn't seem to be really struggling in that department. Um, but yeah, just to miss out, she could have made the cut. A few things might have just been different, and I, I genuinely think she could have genuinely made a cut on the on the PJ tour which is interesting because it's kind of just this idea that you know regardless of whether she makes the cut doesn't make the cut it's the fact that the kind of spotlight's being shone on these excellent female golfers like Lexi Thompson is an incredible golfer um and I'm sure it's a great experience for her you know she again goes down in history as being one of the only only seven females to play in a PJ Tour event. Um, Michelle Wee famously did it, I think, a couple of times in, in like early 2000s. Annika Sorenston definitely obviously did it. Um, and then now Lexi Thompson adding to that list as well. It'll be interesting to see if she wants to do it again, whether there'll be more opportunities, whether there'll be more opportunities for other female golfers if they choose to do so to play in a PJ Tour event. Um, but I think she did incredibly well and uh, definitely someone I'd love to get on the show as well on the mm. channel. I think for me, it's something that I wouldn't want to see all the time. Cause I think what's great about it is it drives interest because yep. for me watching truthfully, I was wanting to see how good is she compared to the, to the men? Because there's very, very rarely ever times when the, the, obviously the women uh, LPJ and PJ tour players play together. So to actually see her play and, and really power solid performance, it was very eye opening. I think if that's every couple of years, it really does get you excited. But even on that, they expand that point a bit further. Anytime there's something different in an event, whether it be like an elite amateur gets an mm. invite or something, something a bit different, it does make you intrigued. And I, I wouldn't be surprised, I didn't see stats of this, but viewing figures must have shot up with having her in the event. It's even like when they've had, was it was it Steph Curry that played yep. in, a, in a PJ Tour event? Like, I love these kind of, you know... <laughs> Just, just spotlighting these these individuals who want to compete. And you're right, viewing figures, I'm sure, went through the roof. I certainly tuned in on Thursday to see how she got on. I couldn't do it on Friday because we had, obviously had the live podcast. But I really, really wanted her to make the cut. It would have been a, a fascinating story. Um, and maybe next time she does, maybe next time she kind of wants to compete in it or she goes, you know what, that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'd, I'd rather continue on the LPJ tour and obviously continue on there. But as in like... I've done it once. I don't need to do it again. But honestly, I was very, very impressed with the golf. We have had a abundance of questions on the Facebook groups, the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast group. We said this a couple of weeks ago. We are insanely close to 100,000 members on there. I'm actually surprised we've not tipped over the 100,000. Maybe, th maybe this is the time we will. I think we've got something along, literally along the lines of 99,999. <laughs> so you never know. If you're listening to this person. and you're not a member, come and join it. Just search in the Facebook search bar for Rick Shields Golf Show Podcast and join the group. You might well be our 100,000 member. Wow. And you get a um, trophy. 
uh, little trophy. Imaginary we'll get trophy. sent out to you. Um, but yeah, we asked for some questions. Have you actually seen the number? No. It's 99,926. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we're we've 74 got away. 74 people. Get involved. Wow. You listening, get involved. Um, we have asked for some, and also just, just if you're thinking, well, why should I join that group? It's because it's the great place for, first is to interact with other members of the clubhouse, other people that listen to the podcast. Um, and it's often where we go to for questions for this podcast. So first question from Gary Myers, very important, hard hitting question, Rick. What is your burgerism recommendation? Wow. Thinking about coming across from York, um, that's quite a long way, um, as you guys seem to talk it up all the time on your podcast. Well, all burgerism, for those people who don't know, is a burger joint. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, think a restaurant works. No, it doesn't. It's a joint. It's a burger bar almost. And it's about, I don't even know where it actually is I've actually here. never even been. No, but we have a lot of takeaways. <laughs> Not a lot. Maybe Enough. once a month. It's good. It's really good. We we might get a burgerism if the Facebook group hits 100,000. Yes. Just to celebrate. Yes. A holy woly. <laughs> is that what it's called? Holy Wall. Harry, what's it called? Holy Double. Holy Double. Harry's stepping in for Matt today. Matt's on holiday. Holy Double. Holy Double? Well, what's it called? Is it? Why have you added the Wally in? Because <laughs> why? The Holy doesn't kind of make sense to me. It feels like there should be something missing. Mm, I don't know. But either way, the burgers are exceptional. And um, the packaging that they come in is exceptional. Uh, frustratingly, after we gave it a plug on the podcast again, completely free of charge, they followed us both on Instagram. I thought, right, we're in here. We're going to get free a sponsorship, burgers free burgers. For life. Absolutely nothing. The, the so, unless burgers and follow up on this podcast, DMing us on Instagram with an <laughs> offer, this is the last time you'll ever hear us mention burgers in Manchester. There's also one in Liverpool now, I believe. It's actually ever four. It's one in London. Okay, well, that's that's the last time you'll ever hear us say Burgerism. Unless unless they get in touch and get us a free one, then next week we'll be brought to you by Burgerism. <laughs> um, okay, so some more questions. This is something we've been asked before, Rick, but it seems a lot of people want to hear the answer to this question because the question itself got a lot of likes. How do you manage pace of play when filming? Do you ever question. have to wait for groups or do you generally let everyone else play through because setting up all the cameras, etc.? I noticed in your last video you were hitting with groups in front of you um, so basically, you notice those people on the course as we're playing. I think he was what, Alex, that was Alex Bowden. Well, the simple uh, answer to your question is we actually just book the whole golf course out. And if anyone um, dares step foot on the golf course, we have a big massive security card <laughs> called Denzel who gives him a little... Uh... That was rubbish. Can you do a loud one of them? little elbow. Do it if I can. Go on. Yeah, there's some meat behind that. Of course there is. Burgers behind that. No, genuinely... There's a couple of things. It depends on what type of video. So if it's a break 75, if it's going out and, and playing actual regulation golf, we can actually often play in normal regulation time. Correct. Like it doesn't. It's not that slow. Our camera guys are incredible. They m move fast. Um, I would say as a two ball, typically on a break 75, we play at the speed of a four ball. Yes. It's very rarely under four hours, yet we have done for under four mm, hours before. We can do if we wanted. If we wanted to go really fast, if we didn't want to talk. But most of the time, it's anywhere between kind of four hours and four and a half hours. So a fairly normal pace. We try and go out at times where it's not too busy, either early in the morning, late in the afternoon. Often, if we do speak to golf courses, they might give us a little bit of a buffer after. So if they might book three or four times out after us. Um, we often don't particularly catch up with groups in front normally unless we've kind of jumped on the course and kind of slept behind someone and then 
generally if we're filming like an on-course video if it's golf clubs etc we just find a really quiet space on the golf course it was funny actually because a slight spin-off question off that one of the guys after the live podcast show the other day asked me he said something how, how do you get onto golf course is it difficult do they want you to go and i can say it's almost gone full circle for you in a sense that when you first started doing this i imagine well i know for a fact you don't ring golf courses who'd be willing to let you play for free because you're a PGA pro, but might not be too keen on the film. I mean, what does that mean? Where's it going to go? Da, da, da. Then obviously you got some level of success, some level of traction, and then these golf courses naturally were like, oh yeah, happily come and film here because they understood that this video is going to get seen by a few thousand people or whatever, tens of thousands of people who might then want to go and play the golf course, increases their revenue, etc. And now it's got to the point, and understandably so, where we'd ring a golf club as much as they want you to go and they, they see the value, they're quite nervous of like, oh, actually, let me check with the greenkeeper that he's happy with the course and that the greens are good because they, they, they know that it's going to be seen by a lot of people and they want the course to be great. And that actually almost gives us some more what of a barrier now, wouldn't yeah. you say? No, definitely. Um, following on from that, then, another question that kind of links, Eddie Bellamy has said, how many shots do you think playing on camera filming adds to your score, whether it's nerves, <laughs> having to wait for the cameraman to get set up, et cetera, et cetera? Anywhere between probably 10 and 15 shots per round. That's the thing. When we play without cameras, you normally shoot 62. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Camera on, it's 85. It's yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah, and you, I don't think I've ever seen you shoot over par. No. Ever? I normally birdie every hole off camera. Yeah. And, and on then, camera, it's just like yeah, different. Yeah. There's um, a few, I would say, though, genuinely. Yeah, it does. There's there's sometimes it might be, and it's very, very rare, and we don't kind of show it show it really, but there might be a delay in a camera getting set up, or you might be over the ball, and one of the, you know, it's very rare. Our fantastic camera guys, I need to be careful what I say. Might say, oh, Rick, I've, I just need to get this, uh, you know, not quite ready, so you need to kind of step away. But it's, um, it's more... I think the bits that I would say puts you off the most or puts playing in front of camera off the most is you've got to talk about everything. Yeah. Like you've got to talk about, right, and I've mentioned this a few times, right, I'm on a hole, it's par four, um, there's water down the left, there's out of bounds down the right. And I'm saying that as a part of explaining the hole to the audience, but sometimes it does also kind of stay in your head. Mm. You think, oh, don't go out of bounds. Obviously, right is going to be in trouble. It's out of bounds. I'm saying that to the audience, but actually still over the boy thinking, oh, yeah, they forgot there's right out of bounds. Yeah. Which is kind of in your in your for, the forefront of your mind. I've seen quite a few comments where people say about, oh, why, why does Guy talk through his every shot like he's a tall pro? He's going to hit a cut here and... Just at your shot, and it's like, well, obviously, if I was just playing normal round of golf, I don't turn to my playing partner and go, right, I'm gonna try and hit a cut off that bunker. And f-. but when you're talking to, you want to kind of set some level of a scene, and also, I think you have to, no matter what your ability is, whether you have 28 or plus five, you need to have a shot in your mind. Mm. You might not, you might pull it off one every 20 times or every 10 times, but you should always be trying to play a certain shot. Um, and also, another comment I've seen quite a few times about yourself and about me is when sometimes people say why are you trying to hit like a fade or a draw just trying to hit it straight but hitting it straight is the hardest shot in golf it's so much easier trying to have a shot in your mind even if you don't pull it off to have a swing thought that's swinging it left to try and cut it or opening the face and swinging right to try and draw it whatever it might be that's so much easier than just hitting a shot straight yeah no i've seen that comment quite a bit but i must admit more recently as i've been playing slightly better and uh break 75 i did in, in germany coming soon when I actually started playing better, I did actually find myself saying, I'm just going to hit the ball straight at the flag. 
Really? Like, it's just a slightly different mindset. I think mm. often if you're maybe not as confident or you're thinking, you do want to try and shape it because you need to see something. Mm. But once you actually start to hit it a little bit straighter, I, I found myself saying it a lot more like, right, well, the flag's there. I'm just going to kind of hit it straight at the flag. You know, yeah. instead of like thinking too Off much about curvature. I can't do that with a driver though. No. I can't picture hitting just a shot straight. No, I, I just, can't ugh, at all. Makes me feel sick. Um... But blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Brad Harris has said, I say what doesn't make me feel sick though, burgerism. That makes me feel really good, doesn't it? Every single time. Um, Brad Harris has said, Cameron Smith smashed his Scotty Cameron putter against his bag after three putting on Sunday. What? Didn't see it, but what's the biggest tantrum, meltdown, or equipment breakage you've had on the golf course? I've that's one golf club in anger. Nice. Um, over my knee. Ooh, first time, bang, done. Yeah, when I, was a kid, when I was a junior, I was about 16. I was playing at Brockett Hall. Oh, nice. Yep. The only time I ever played at Brockett Hall, it was a daily, well, apart from the last time we played with Tom Lewis, but the original time, um, I was playing in the Daily Telegraph Junior Golf event, and it was a team, so I was there with my club, and high expectations, a lot of pressure, mm -hmm. I wasn't playing particularly well, and I went, got to the par three on the back nine, I just hit this terrible iron shot, and I literally just got the club and snapped it straight across my knee. Wow. I got in so much trouble. I bet. It's ridiculous. I was 16, and... You know, you do these things. That's the only time. I've, and then I think the other time, <laughs> I've only actual proper broke one club. The old, the Scotty Cameron Trillium putter I have, and I had it refurbished a few years ago. The reason why I had it refurbished because it, it had a long neck on it and the neck of it was so bent. And I think that was from me kicking my putter when I'd miss putts from when, again, when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't, you know what? I, I'm sure I have, obviously, in the day. I had little um, tantrums on the golf course. I think for me, though, now, I don't really get that very often, obviously, but I hate nothing more than going playing golf and just starting off just playing terribly. And almost that's... Oh, in fact, no, that's a lie. Sorry, the worst one is playing well, getting to like the 18th hole and just messing it all up, losing the golf ball, going out of bounds, whatever it might be. I still, to this day, get that sinking feeling in my stomach of like, oh, no, it's just horrible, isn't it? I yeah. just think it's the worst thing in golf. It and It really might not... Is. It might not drive you to snap a golf club or anything or, or shout an F and Jeff, but it would it certainly still gets to make it even as a junior. It's just the worst thing ever. I've also, um, I'm just trying to think now, I snapped a club, bent my the neck of my putter. I've definitely snapped a couple of uh, stands off golf bags. Oh, wow. You know, like when you'd swing a club and smack it against your stand yeah. bag. And then the other one, <laughs> and then this is the last thing that I did and it stopped me from doing this. Again, I was probably, a God, I was probably a, much older than what I'd, I'd like to uh, 31. admit. But um, I hit a bad shot, mm. got my club, smashed it up against my bag, the side of my bag. I was like, for God's sake, right? Put my club back in my bag, okay? Yeah. Next hole, went to get my driver out. Driver was snapped in half. Worse than that, after the round, opened the side pocket of my bag. My phone was in there, smashed the bits. Oh, my God. Can you remember what phone it was? Cause like I an iPhone. iPhone six or seven or whatever else that was like a couple of years ago <laughs> what would you do then if you're when your children get bigger and i know they're kind of semi into golf now if they you know if they start playing somewhat seriously and they're in a junior comp or whatever and you find out that one of them has broke club in anger genuinely because i'm sure there's parents listening who've had this experience how would you react to that you've your hard-earned cash has got them a golf club can probably, i be truthfully 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 honest yeah i'd actually quite like it would you yeah Wow. It just shows that bit of passion and care. But does it not show that they don't care for what you potentially paid yeah, I don't for? Think that's the one. I, the only one I got in trouble for was the one straight across my knee. Because mm -hmm. I purposely went with intention to snap my golf club across my knee. Mm. The other times, I felt like there were accidents. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I felt like 
I didn't mean to break something. I was just venting anger. I was venting frustration. And I think that's good. Like, I see Tyrrell Hatton, like, getting angry. And I'm like, yeah, go on. Go on, lad. Is it good, though? Because there's only a few golfers in the world who can actually do that and then be okay on the next hole. That Tyrrell's probably where, one of them. That might be where I messed <laughs> up. I carried it When you give yourself now. a black eye and a nosebleed, it's quite hard then to birdie the net. <laughs> um, okay, one more question, and it's from Pete Larkin. Uh, I don't know Pete, but off the back of his question, I feel like he's a close friend of mine. I feel like a connection with him. Even his name, Pete Larkin. I might got Larky. Lark- no, he's Larky. <laughs> Larko, you want like Larko, lad? Pete Larko? Pete Larkin, Lark, Lark's around. Lark the shark. Um, oh my God. Pete, Pete, Peter, Peter Larkin, good guy. Um, what would Peter Larkin, if you didn't know him, what would he look like, Peter Larkin? He's actually overly tall. He's like six foot four. Yeah. Glasses. You think like an accountant style look? But drives a car that's too small for him. Yes, okay. It's like six foot four, but he's, he's absolutely adamant. He's got a three-door Corsa. No, like something a bit sporty, like a two-door, okay. like like a Mazda. Like Peter a two-door Larkin. Mazda, and he looks ridiculous getting in and out of it, Yeah, but he just loves it. How old is he? He is... I've got 52 in my head. I, well, mean, I, had, I had 47. Oh, so he's not so far, far off. off. Grey, glasses, clean shaven. Yeah. I you know what else about Peter Larkin? <laughs> Although he's tall, he's quite slender. Very he, tall he, and slender. He, he comes across very gentle, but he's actually a brown belt in karate. Wow. So you wouldn't actually mess with him once you know that, but you'd never, ever think that. <laughs> Could we not just look at his face for... Facebook profile. No, I'm worried it won't be like that. Um, <laughs> Imagine if so, everything was right. Also, Pete Larkin, he's got a wife called Jill. Jill Larkin? She, Jill Larkin. She works for the council. Okay. She's been there 20 years. Wouldn't say boo to a goose. Nice woman. Not in bad shape for her age. Goes Pilates three times a week. <laughs> nice. Um, Into golf? Yeah, she, she can tolerate it. And they've got yeah. two daughters, two twins, Sarah and Jenny. Sarah and Jenny. They're 21, both at uni. I've just looked at his profile. Is he not anything like we said? <laughs> Is he nothing like we said? Uh, he's married. He's got two boys and a girl. Right. Um, and Don't be giving his real stuff away now. <laughs> Start getting fan mail. Pete Larkin. Larko. Um, yeah. He's a nice guy. The problem is that when you hear the question, you're going to suddenly hate Peter Larkin. Oh, go on. So he said, uh, good old Larko, where can we bet on the big match? Guy Charnock versus Rick Shields. I want to put some money on Guy. It's mm, cute. With love heart eyes. That's what you'd get from a guy at Larkin. Starry eyes. Yeah, you know, yeah, fair dues. Um, well, they are heart- yeah, they are starry eyes. I thought they were hearts. Um, fair dues. You can and- send your money. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well just burn it. <laughs> <laughs> just get a lighter. Put your money in the envelope. Get a lighter. Burn it. And basically, that's your bet. He doesn't know my big tactic. You don't know my big tactic yet. My big tactic is, say we're playing golf on a Wednesday, for example, this big, big match that I've uh, lured you into. On the Tuesday before, can I go for proper lads? Get to you on the Raz. Like, Rick, do you want to come for a quick pint no. before golf? Tomorrow? But no. Go, one quick one. You're scared. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not scared. Oh, no, I'm not even scared. You could down a pint in 10 seconds. Like, yeah, I could. Watch me. Bang. I'll be on the rain grafting and grinding in the gym every morning. We'll see. Um, last, last, last question, then it kind of alludes on to this, from Nick Vasil, or Fasil, I don't know how you say it, but Nick, who practices more, me or you? <laughs> you by a bloody million miles. Yeah, me by a mile. Um, but once Rick has got something to practice for, and he gets the bit between his teeth. I've been practicing a lot more these last few weeks. Um, 
my friend and yours, James Robinson, has been giving me a, a few little cheeky lessons. A what few does little, he know? A few little cheeky what's, you know, um, um, this and that. I bought a training aid last week. actually bought one. God. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's coming. It's it's coming in hot, actually, as well, actually. It's too... I, I, might, <laughs> I might actually get too good. That's my issue. Well... That's my problem. Yeah, I'm not, not going to say not that at all. So, anyway, this podcast is brought to you by Burgerism. Uh, I feel like I really want a Burgerism. I would like one, but as I've said once more, I'll reiterate this. If Burgerism don't get in touch after the back of this podcast, we are never, ever, ever talking about it again. And I will go back to being a loyal Five Guys person. There's a there's a burger. Oh, my God. A Woolly. It is Woolly. You know what I'd love? W-H-O-L-L-Y. Is that not Woolly? Uh, holy. Well, it starts with the word, <laughs> like a whopper. Um, what would be quite funny if people go onto Burgerism's Instagram, which I think is just Burgerism, and comment on the latest post, like sponsor Rick and Guy or oh. something, and let's just get look flood it, and then let's see what happens, and we'll I, I report back I, next week. I can't eat these all the time. All the time. You don't need to all the time. Once a week, every Tuesday. I'd love. You know, imagine if they sponsor me and get like, a big tall bag of Burgerism on it. I can be the new beef. Who'd be your dream sponsor for a tour bag? A bit different, a bit cool. Like, what would you have? Like, Tiger's Monster one was pretty good. Um, you know what I'm really into at the moment? I've got it. Warburton's. Warburton's? Because I'm really into fruit toast at the moment. Wow. So. Warburton's. <laughs> On the first and tier the, of the PJ Tour, <laughs> and, the, and there's a lot of there's a lot of history there. I'm from Bolton, their Bolton company. You didn't it could be loaf. Everyone really, loaf. I really, loaf. I really like crumpets and you like a bit fruit of crumpet. toast. Or, I mean, I think cars did offer it. To be honest, any any pasty brand, pasty and pies. But well, I'm on a health kit now, so maybe like a protein shake or something. <laughs> I think the health kit's gone now. It's not. I think today you're gonna get. Have you already I been healthy admit, today? Yeah. Going on burgers and then that really is not the my um the my What you need to do, you need to good. think of a reason why you could have one today that that like justifies having one. Are you having one today? I don't know. It depends if they sponsor the podcast. Wink. Um, we're not gonna know that today. No, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna know that in the next hour. Anyway, we'll we'll let you know in next week's episode. Cutting edge news. Guys, thanks for listening, thanks for watching, thanks for all your support. Um Appreciate everyone coming to the live podcast. It was very, very, very good. And we shall see you very, very soon. I said lots of very soon. Yes. And thank yous. Peace.